times. A lot of you know him. Um, uh, Alejandro, I, we just spent a, um, I don't even know how many weeks, three weeks traveling Europe together and nine flights, five countries, four churches, and uh, it was amazing. We got to exchange family values. He got to see our family. He got to see our family dynamic. We got to see his. Your wife said she was very encouraged by Sherry and I. She's like, I'm actually learning from you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope not all of our bad habits. But uh, she said your daughters were encouraged too because they saw the same thing with Sherry and I that they see with you and Rebecca. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this is happy. At least there's some good coming out of this. So we had a good time. We had a lot of fun. Um, I, I want to show you a quick video. This is a ministry. Uh, this is a crusade that Alejandro just did in Venezuela. And there hasn't been a crusade in Venezuela in how long? Many years, like what, 30 years, 30, 40 years? It was like Luis Palau was the last one. So there hasn't been a, a crusade in, in Venezuela since Luis Palau uh, was in Venezuela. And I'm gonna show you this video before I introduce him. And this is the video, uh, when did you do, this was like two months ago, right? March, was it March? This is March, go ahead, roll it. He's going to share a little bit more. Uh, the first night they had like 20,000 people. The second night they had like, what, 30? They pushed over 30. So um, I want to give you an opportunity because uh, we don't know how this, this service is going to end. But I, I definitely want to, I, I believe in what this man does. I believe in the ministry that he, 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 um, he does. I've been with him for a long time. I've been friends with him for a long time. He's very, he's very real. I know his family. And, uh, and I want to give you guys an opportunity to support him. You say, I don't, I, haven't, I don't even know the guy, but you have an opportunity to support the ministry. So this is just a before. And uh, you can fill out the form. And, you know, he's looking for monthly partners, 100 monthly partners. You can give 25 bucks, you can give 30 bucks, you can give 100 bucks, you can give whatever it is you, you, you want to. You can give them your coffee budget. You know, you can give them half your Starbucks budget. You know what I'm saying? And um, the Bible says that, uh, he was, I was just reading Philippians today, actually, and Paul says, no other church when I left Macedonia supported me like you did. And he said, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the reward associated with the gift. You know, when you sow into ministries like this, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely picky. I'm very picky with people that I connect to and associate with. And I like, my wife will, you know, tell me I'm probably too picky, but I like a lot of authenticity and I like people that are real and I don't like pretense. And Alejandro is absolutely that. So um, I just want to let you be, be aware of this. If you want one of the forms, they're at the info counter or if you raise your hand, Shelly's got some right now. You can just hold on to it. And then, um, but I want to I introduce Alejandro to you and I want to give him an opportunity to speak with you and share with you and ultimately minister to you but everybody say it with me tonight is worship in miracles amen right there's probably going to be very little teaching we do some worship we're going to be some impartation we're going to be praying for people if you know people you got injuries you got people that um uh that, that are sick bring them tonight you need a fresh impartation come tonight 
Need a prophetic word? He was prophesying for a service as well. If you need a prophetic word, I'm sure that's going to be here too. So I want to encourage you to do that. So just welcome with me, Alejandro, please. Uh, you can take the paper, fill out the paper. If you could take the paper and fill out the paper, and what do, they, what do you want him to do with this? Give them to you? Yeah. Okay, at the counter. Yeah, he just showed up with a backpack. That's all. He just come from, where'd you come from? Columbia. He's just show, he just he just got off the plane from Columbia. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, all he had was a backpack. So anyway, so anyway. Yeah, so we don't have any resources with us. Good afternoon, Elevate. Praise God. Are you ready to receive a touch from the Lord? Amen. God is moving all over the world. We have these crusades happening the next few months. In about two weeks, I'm going to Kenya. I will be going to a small city called Embu. You're probably not familiar with that, but we're expecting between 20 and 30,000 people at this crusade. And uh, we're going with the LPA, the Luis Palau Association. And so they're actually holding crusades in different nations, and we're partnering with them. So we get to join a ministry that has been doing this for like 40, 50 years. And, uh, you know, Luis Palau has gone to be with the Lord, but we get to partner with a ministry that is continuing to do the work of the Lord. So we're going to be doing a crusade with them. And uh, then after that, we have another crusade in Colombia. Uh, that's going to happen in September. And we're trusting God. We, they told us the stadium can accommodate 22,000 people. So they're expecting to pack the stadium they're working really hard, 200 churches in the city, joining hands to see a massive harvest of souls. Then we have another crusade in Argentina. That's going to be at the end of September, and that's going to be in Salta. And we're going to go to like this massive theater, 5,000 people. Now, this is a big deal for that city um, where I just... Uh, Actually, I haven't been there, um, but I've been to Buenos Aires. I've been to other cities, and it's a beautiful place. Then we're going to Malawi. Then we're going to other places to so help us carry the gospel all over the world. And I know some of you are getting ready to go to uh, Uruguay with us. How many of you, where is the team that is coming to uh, South America with us? Come on. And I'm excited to bring you along. We're going to have crusades. We're going to have, uh, you know, trainings. We're going to have a lot of stuff. And God is going to move in a mighty way. Amen? So are you expectant? Are you ready? Praise God. I'm ready to deliver a word. But I, before I do this, I have a video I want to show you about this resource. How many of you have little kids here or you know people, uh, little girls between the ages of 8 and 14. Well, 14 is not a little girl, but, you know, teenagers. Um, between 8 and 14, my wife put this resource together, which is amazing. And the drawings are basically pr very professional. They were um, done, they were um, drawn by this... Um, artist, you know, this um, professional, um, what do you call him, um, illustrator uh, in California. She works for, you know, for the Hollywood studio, yet the Lord touched her, and the Lord gave her a word that she was going to be serving in the kingdom. So she said, I want to partner with you guys, and I want to draw this book for your wife. So I'm going to show you the video Real drawings, powerful book. It's, a, it's, it's got devotional. It's got a prayer element to it. You can teach your little girls. You can teach your children. It's targeted for girls, okay? 12 Bible princesses. We're going to watch this video, and then I'm going to go straight into the Word. Are you ready? Let's watch this video.
go to our website and get it, or you can actually pre-order today by grabbing one of those forms. I believe we have those forms available for you. Now, I got three more books. One is Revelation Ready, which is a book on the end times, how to prepare for now. Not for tomorrow, for now, because we're living in a critical time, and we need Jesus. How many of you believe we need Jesus more than ever? Like, we need Jesus desperately. Amen? And then um, there's another book called Boy Preacher, which is my story, how God healed me of a cancer at the age of eight and how God called me to the ministry at the age of 11. I've been doing this almost for 24 years and in 54 nations and counting. We have another 10 more this year before the year finishes. So we're going to go to a lot of places this year alone and then next year. And then, you know, I just had a divine appointment. How many of you like divine appointments? So how many of you have heard of uh, Cindy Jacobs, right? Are you familiar with her prophetic ministry and, and her legacy and what she's done for the kingdom? Cindy Jacobs came to uh, a meeting, a pastor's meeting in Costa Rica many years ago. I was 12, and I was attending this pastor's meeting, and I was just a little boy. I was known, as you know, many of you know my testimony, I was known as the boy preacher. So she pulled me out of the crowd, and she began to prophesy. And she said, one day, this is what she said in front of like 200 pastors, and this is the coolest thing about the prophetic. God will speak about your future. You know, it's like he's taking you in time. It's like, like a time machine where God takes you in time to a place and an event that is about to happen in time, but he's going to do it. And so he, this is amazing. God spoke about these crusades that we're doing now when I was 12 years old. And so... God used Cindy Jacobs and said, now listen to this, this is awesome. She said, you're going to be doing Stadium Crusades and God's going to use you and you're going to be preaching like, um, I know some of you know of him or know him, Alberto Motesi. If you're familiar with his ministry, he's like the Luis Palau of Latin America. He is the second one. So you have Alberto Motesi, you have Luis Palau, and you have, and I'm not saying that I want to become like somebody she said that. I never said that. So anyway, this, like yesterday, or yeah, I believe yesterday. No, the day before yesterday. When, when, when did I come in? I came in yesterday, but um, it was on Sunday night. No, Friday night. I went to this church in Bogota. That's like the largest church in Bogota, 25,000 members. And uh, pastor, guess who was preaching there? This is so cool. God had a surprise for me. Guess who was preaching there? And I never knew this. Didn't know who was going to be speaking. Alberto Motesi was preaching. And this guy is like 82 years old. He has been preaching the gospel for 50 plus years. So he's got a generation of like, like a legacy of ministry. And then at the end, I'm expecting that we're going to meet Pastor Ricardo, who is the senior pastor of this church. And we met him, and he introduced us to Alberto Motesi. And Alberto prayed for us, and he imparted something. It was my friend Werner, who is the founder of the Go Movement, and I. We were there in the same room. And I'm telling you, I feel refreshed. I feel like I've been giving a new, fresh wind for the next decade of ministry. Even though I've been doing this for 24 years, I feel like the next decade is going to be glorious. Come on. It's going to be absolutely amazing. So I want you to partner with us. I want you to pray about this. We need to reach the lost. There is, and we have a goal. And you think, well, that's too ambitious. But I believe we can do it. The churches and networks and evangelistic networks are coming together to reach one billion souls. Between now and 2033. We want to reach one billion souls. A lot of evangelistic networks are coming together. And they're all talking about the one billion harvest. And I believe we are going to see it. And guess what's going to happen? You want to know a cool fact? By 2033, the church will be celebrating our 2000th anniversary since Jesus died. Come on. Come on. And he, since he was risen from the dead, 
So, and it, it's going to be, yeah, I believe it's going to be a, a huge Pentecost. So it is Pentecost, by the way. And so a lot of these ministries are building momentum and really praying. And <clears throat> they're talking about the next decade. And we're believing, say with me, the next decade is going to be powerful. And it's going to be historical. You believe it? And it's going to be amazing because the church is going to make a difference. Now, if you would like to... Get some of these books, uh, Revelation Ready, Friends of His Presence. Now, Friends of His Presence is more about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to learn about the anointing? Please select that one. Or if you want to learn about the, the coming of the Lord, Revelation Ready, or Boy Preachers, My Testimony. How many of you have this form? If you don't have it, please raise your hand. We want to give it to you. Some of you don't have it. I believe... Um, if we can have somebody give out these forms, that will be great. You can also select to receive our monthly newsletter. And you can also become a partner. You look at the back of the form. You can become a partner today by selecting when, how much. And uh, you, you, you can just give us your information. We will process it today. Amen. So let's go to our Bibles to the book of John chapter 9. Verse 1. I want to talk about the unexpected of God. I want to talk about the unexpected miracles, the unexpected breakthroughs, the unexpected blessings, and the unexpected surprises. They come when you don't expect them. They come when you least expect to receive something. And God will do it in an unexpected manner. And he will do it in an unexpected way just so that you can receive a, a touch, an injection of faith. You know, uh, we were in Prague recently and we were ministering and we did a couple of meetings there, Pastor Kevin and I. And we ministered at this church that has lived in revival. They have experienced revival. The senior pastor there is from Nigeria and he came in the 90s and he began to preach out in the streets and he began to see the blind see and the deaf hear and lame walking and I mean the Lord started using him mightily and that's why his church grew and now he's got this beautiful church of like 200 members. Now for the Prague culture and for the Prague context this is a mega church. This is a big church because Prague, Czech Republic, is the most unbelieving nation in the world. Do you hear that? Prague is the most agnostic city in the world. Agnostic. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in anything. They actually curse God. They mock God whenever you talk to people. But I was preaching. We were doing this street outreach. And they set up a platform, the sound. They were, you know, blasting the music and worshiping Jesus. And I'm like, yes, awesome. Jesus is being glorified in the middle of Prague. I'm not talking about, you know, you know, downtown Miami. I'm talking about Prague. Hello? I'm not talking about the Bible Belt, Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm talking about Prague, Right? where people don't believe in anything. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in anything. And so having an evangelistic outreach like this is significant. You may take it for granted. You're like, yeah, whatever, another evangelistic outreach. But for this culture, it's significant for people to stop by and listen. So we had like hundreds of people stopping by and listening. And many of them actually came to Jesus when I preached at the end and I said how many of you would like to receive Jesus I was surprised I was expecting one or two hands when I saw like 25 hands up in the air I'm like yay God come on God is touching the hearts of Europeans that were so hardened and so difficult to reach but because of COVID and the war in Ukraine the Europeans are ready and I, I mean, we're going to places like Ireland, like, you know, we're going to places in the UK where we are seeing revival. We're going to a lot of, we just came back from Europe, six nations. Well, he did five, I did six. I went to Iceland and Germany, so they couldn't come. They actually did Iceland with, now, they were not with me. They, they went to Iceland before I got there. So anyway, but we had a great time. Were you praying for your pastors? We had an amazing time. So this lady who was walking in crutches, she had a lot of pain. 
and uh, I could, you could see that she was in pain. And I approached her, and I prayed for her, but nothing happened when I prayed for her. So as I'm turning away, because I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's not her time. She didn't get healed, so I'm turning away from her. The moment I turn away from her, she jumps out of her chair, and she begins to dance. And she let go of her crutches like that, just like that. So I'm turning away from her. I'm like, wow, God, that is the coolest miracle I've ever seen. You know, I'm not even laying hands on her. I'm not, like, I'm not even there to say rise up and walk. I'm just turning away from her. Come on. When you believe that you're not going to get healed, the unexpected kicks in. So talk about the unexpected. Now, I'm going to tell you about another unexpected miracle. So I'm standing there listening to the worship. And then two young ladies approached one of the ushers. And they said, we heard a voice. So they were talking in Czech and they were using the translator. And they said, we heard a voice. Th these young ladies are probably like 15, they're teenagers, 15, 16. So they approached me. They said, we heard a voice. And the voice said, one of them heard a voice. And the voice said that we needed to talk to you and we don't know why. But we are just like, we can't move. And they were actually crying. And I'm thinking, this is a divine encounter. This is a supernatural encounter. These teenagers don't know what we're doing here. All they can hear is the, you know, check music talking about God and Jesus. Yeah, they, they didn't believe in anything. They didn't have any church background. No religious faith whatsoever. They were agnostic. They didn't grow up in church because most People in Czech Republic don't grow up in church. They just don't. There is no church that they know, right? They were agnostics. So they're standing there. They're crying. And I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to share the gospel. So I shared the gospel with them. And guess what? Both of them gave their life to Jesus. Out in the street. Come on. Both of them gave their life to Jesus. I'm, I'm like, I was so shocked. Because it was like the Lord led them to salvation. The Lord Jesus arrested their attention and led them to salvation. Isn't that awesome? Come on, church. So expect the unexpected. Tell your neighbor, expect the unexpected. Come on. Come on, let's say it again. Expect the unexpected. God wants to do the unexpected. He wants to bring the unexpected. He wants the church to reach a new height, a new dimension, a new level of faith and authority that we haven't seen before, haven't walked in before, we haven't done before. God wants to use you as a willing vessel. The question is, are you willing? And are you ready? The Bible says in John chapter 9 verse 1, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, now listen to this. Check the context here, right? So he's talking to his disciples. A, you know, a blind man is approaching him and he wants to be healed. And the disciples are having this debate like who was sinning and who sinned and why is you know, this man blind, is it because of his family or is it because of a personal sin or a hidden sin? What's happening? Now, you, you see the context of the story here. You see that there is a debate going on. And so Jesus is talking to the man. And, and Jesus turned back to his disciples and said, Nobody, this is not a sin issue. This is an issue so that my father can be glorified. Now, this is awesome. But then he turns around and he grabs some dirt. Look. Jesus can do some random things. Hello? I mean, if you think that your pastor can do some random things, Jesus was doing more random things than any other pastor that you know. Hello? If you think that, you know, oh, that's cool the way he, he was, you know, worshiping God before. That's cool. Now, Jesus grabbed dirt. And, that, and you wouldn't think that's very, really cool, you know. 
you wouldn't like that in this context like in in this century in 21st century if i grab a bunch of dirt even if i'm the most anointed man in the house or even if i'm the most popular preacher in miami but if i go and grab a bunch of dirt and spit on it and, and call you by name and say i'm gonna make this nice paste and i'm going to put it on your eyes and i'm gonna believe that you are going to see and your eyes will be open doesn't matter who I am. doesn't matter what I carry. You'll be like, yuck, no way. And there's no way you're coming near me, preacher. But this blind man, he wasn't, he was blind. Thank God he was blind. Hello. He didn't know what was going on. He had no idea what Jesus was doing. I mean, imagine this. He grabs a bunch of dirt. He spits on it. And, and all he can hear, he's not deaf, but he's hearing what's going on, obviously. And so he, Jesus is doing this, and he places the, the mud, you know. Now, Jesus was living in America, in the context of America. I'm sure somebody would have come up with a Jesus mod, you know, buy Jesus mod, 1-800, you know, let get, some, you know, or line up, and, and we're going to give you some mod, some holy and anointed mod that is going to heal you, and maybe people will put it in bottles, or they will, like, sell it. Hello? Like we will commercialize it. We're so good at commercializing things. Come on. We're so good at turning blessings into products. Hello? We're so good at turning visitations of God into experiences. We're so good in turning into we're so good at turning revivals into moments in history where people are stuck there. And they, no, and they no longer move on because they're stuck in the past. Hello? We're so good at creating doctrines. We're so good at creating a product of God. When God wants to do the unexpected, he wants to do something new. He wants to, to renew your strength. He wants to give you a new revelation. He wants to give you a new, a new miracle, a new breakthrough. He wants to bless you with something that you never expected, never, never, ever saw in your life. Come on. We're so good at keeping what we know. And we become familiar with what we know. And we love it. And we become consumers of the gospel. And that's what we have, ladies and gentlemen. We have a bunch of consumers sitting every Sunday morning. We don't have disciple makers. We have consumers. So churches have become the latest consuming chain where people are going well i don't like this so i'm going to another church i don't like the way he was praying i don't like the way he was prophesying i don't i don't like the way she the pastor's wife you know she was too like too bold and i just didn't like that i didn't like the, the way you know somebody uh shook my hand in the parking lot i didn't like how uncomfortable i felt inside the church hello consumers become uh, complainers complainers become flaky people hello so we are not called to be consumers this is not a consuming culture this is a kingdom culture and god is not gonna pass out a survey and say give me your opinion i want to know how much anointing you want today hello god is not gonna Pass out a survey card and say, did you like that? Was that too harsh? Was that too soft? Was that too real? Or was that like too fake? Uh, give me an opinion. I, I just want to know what you're thinking. Now, God already knows what you're thinking before you even said it. And some of you need to release. You need to let go of that consumer mentality because you are living in the kingdom. You're not a consumer. You are a disciple. And whether you don't like what you see or you are not in agreement, you need to pray for change. You need to pray for breakthrough. You need to embrace what God is doing in this hour. You're not a consumer of the gospel. You're a disciple. God wants to bless you with the unexpected. Say with me, God wants to bless me with the unexpected. And so there is people out there in this world that are blind and we need to give them Jesus. 
And the problem we have is that we're not preaching. We're not sharing the gospel. And there's a lot of blind people out there that don't know Jesus. But we know Jesus. Oh, yes, we know Jesus. We play songs in our car that talk about Jesus. We sing while we're driving and we worship and we believe we are like in the third heaven. Hello? But if you are walking in the third heaven and you don't realize the need that there is around you, you don't realize how much brokenness you have around you. You don't realize how much wicked and dark this world is around you. I mean, you can complain all day long and say this world is broken, it's so poor. Like, wow, look at what's going on. Look at what this minority is doing in our schools. Look at our culture. Look at the social culture. and Look at all these things that are going on in this world. This world is becoming a scary place, and I want out. How many of you want out? How many of you want Jesus to take you? Come on. You're like, I want out. Yeah, like, Jesus, come back. Like, show up. Like, I want the rapture. Like, I, I just want to be raptured out of here. Come on. I just want out. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm out of here. When you have that escapist mentality, you, you're always thinking about, I, I'm out. Like, I, I, don't, I, I can't take it anymore. I can't be in this world anymore. I'm so tired of all the nonsense and the garbage and the stuff that's going on in this world. Yet you, you, you don't become part of the solution. You don't become part of the solution. Jesus has given you plenty of light. Jesus has given you plenty of hope. Jesus has given you plenty of power. Jesus has given you the, the Holy Spirit. You are part of the solution. You are not part of the problem. You are part of the solution. So you got to become a disciple. The problem is we have allowed the world culture to infiltrate our churches. And now our churches are becoming more and more like, you know, the way we think, the way we operate, the way we talk, the way we, we do things. It's, it's almost like the syndrome and the culture patterns in this world are little by little coming into, creeping into our church. And believers are becoming flaky. Like, I, I don't feel the anointing. I don't want to pray. I don't want to lift my hands. Nobody's going to force me. Nobody's going to take me. I, I'm not coming forward because the anointing, if the anointing is there and God wants to touch me, he will touch me right here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hello? And we have that entitlement, anointing, entitlement attitude. Like, I'm not going forward. Like, I'm not going to change. Like, no matter what the, the pastor is saying, uh, Nobody's going to change my mindset. See, we don't have to change you. The Holy Spirit will change you. Now, if you don't want to change, that's up to you. But if you want to change with the times, God is going to move you in the right direction. He's going to give you a fresh anointing. He's going to give you a fresh word. He's going to give you a fresh revelation of his love for the broken ones. There's a lot of people that you know that I don't know that you are able to make a difference. That you are able to impact. That you are able to love on them. That you are able to sow a seed. There's a lot of people that you know that I will never ever meet in my life. That you have a voice. How many people you know that don't know Jesus? Come on. The problem we have in our society, in our churches is that many people like to be friends with believers many believers like to hang out with believers many believers like to talk to believers many believers like to pray for other believers and that's great that's awesome go and hang out with believers until Jesus returns but one day you will be standing before Jesus and Jesus will ask you so what do you do tell me what do you do with the talents I gave you what do you do with the anointing? What do you do with the gift? What do you do with the passion and the ideas? What do you do with the stuff that I gave you? What do you do with the message? How many of you are thankful that somebody had the boldness and somebody was brave enough to tell you about Jesus? How many of you are thankful that somebody shared the gospel with you? How many of you are thankful that somebody came to you and insisted and they prayed for you and you are the result of their prayer? Come on. How many of you are thankful that somebody invested time and money so that you receive this gift of salvation? How many of you are thankful for that? 
The problem is we have a lot of submarine believers. What do you mean by that? Yeah, they just come up every Sunday morning. And they hide during the week. And they're not the light of the world. They're not making a difference. They're just going about their business. They're just being ordinary citizens. We're not called to be ordinary citizens. We are called to be extraordinary citizens of the kingdom. We are called to do great things. The Bible says, Jesus says, you will do greater things if you believe. So you need to come out of your, come out of your comfort zone. You need to break that shell. You need to break that fear. And you're like, well, how do I do that? Walking with Jesus. He will show you how to do it. You know, he will do the most unconventional things. He will do, he will do the most, uh, you know, ordinary things, yet with so much love. And extraordinary miracles will follow. Because Jesus was a miracle worker. And when you preach the gospel, this is not your message this is his message. So there's a lot of people out there that are blind, that are deaf, that are dying. They need Jesus. How many of you have Jesus? How many of you know Jesus? The question is, how many of you know people around you that don't know Jesus? And so, like the blind man, he was blind, yet Jesus approached him and gave him hope and, and healed him. You know, I really believe God wants the church to be a carrier of hope and, and deliverance. God wants the church to be a carrier of his healing power and love. The problem is we have another minority out there in the world making too much noise. And they have the power to change legislation. They have the power to change even the school system and our culture. Because they have been persevering for many, many years since 19, I think 1970 or even before that. They've been just going at it, going at it, going at it. They haven't backed down. They haven't been silent. They haven't gone down. They haven't disappeared they are still saying very loudly what they want to enforce and what they want to do with this world. Let me tell you something. We're living in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah and we need believers that are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need believers that are willing to give everything they have so that somebody will come to faith. Come on. We need believers that, that will be willing to give their best. You're like, well, how do I share the gospel? This is very interesting. I would love to share the gospel. How do I do it? How many of you know how to share the gospel? How many of you know how to be a witness? Did you know that Jesus went to places that were very dirty and they were, you know, they were very bad looking places like he went to places if i if i put it in context for you remember that story of the angel that would come down stir the waters and somebody had to run you know remember that story of that paralytic or paraplegic man who had to run and touch the water to be healed well i went to israel and i was walking with um, a spirit-filled bible scholar and they gave us the tour of israel based on spirit-filled teaching from the messianic from the jewish perspective now that story in the bible is real but the angel touching the water has a pagan root hello because god will never ever do that to people you got to think about the character of god he will never do that to people he will never touch the water so that somebody can get healed and you have to run and leave like, you know, a hundred people behind sick and defeated and broken. So we've had this wrong view of the character of Jesus and we're going to have to apologize when we get to heaven. Hello? Because God will never do that to people. And so I know that's like, wow, what did you say? That is going to like shake my theology right there. That's going to rattle some things. I never thought that was the case. Yeah, well, he said that. I'm listening to him. And I'm like, well, I never knew that as a preacher that that was a pagan belief. It wasn't an angel. It was a pagan belief. And let me tell you something. Jesus went to this place. 
that was not clean it was not sanitized it was not a pretty place it was a place that was not just tinky it was horrible it was filled with disease and viruses and bacteria and smell imagine i want to i want to give you a context this is a place where all the lepers are hanging out together where all the sick people are hanging out together where the locust and the broken and the dejected of society they're all hanging out together because they're not able to incorporate society they're not able to be in society so they have been rejected and they're waiting for something hello and Jesus comes down to this place knowing what they believe he walks into their context into their into their world Jesus walks into their world they believe that an angel comes down every year stirs the water so Jesus comes to their world and they're not expecting an angel this was not a time for an angel to come down yet Jesus the mighty the greatest one the angel of the Lord come on he defeated the pagan belief by coming down and touching somebody who was not expecting to be healed at day he had already given up and he had already given hope but God came to give him hope and Jesus touched him come on Jesus went to this dungeon let me put it that way it was a dungeon how many of you have ever been to a place where you feel uncomfortable how many of you have been to a place where you don't feel like you, you, you can actually be there? Like I went to this, this place. This, it was like a slum in Tanzania. We had a pastor's conference. And we trained 600 pastors. And we were training them on evangelism. Listen. Hello? Are you with me? Are you with me? So he was training them on evangelism. What did I say? Evangelism. So 600 pastors. Then at the end, we challenged them and we said, how many of you want to go out? We're going to evangelize, uh, I believe, the capital of Tanzania, Jerusalem. We're going to go and evangelize Jerusalem. Come on. All of you. Come on. Let's go. There's an army of 600 pastors and we want to go and evangelize. Do you know how many? Do you know how many sign up? Do you know how many came? Zero. All of them wanted to have their lunch and pass out business cards and have their great time. And that's fine. I, I understand that. I respect that. There's time for everything, right? So the founder of the Gold Movement and I, we went to this place. Now, I, I wasn't sure where he was taking me. I'm thinking we're going to the streets of Jerusalem. Well, he took me to slum. When I got out of that cab and I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, Lord, where am I? Lord, please send your angels and get me out of here. Like I was wishing for the rapture. Like I was longing and praying for the rapture. Like if Jesus returns at any given minute, this is my time. I want to be out of here now. It was so, like it was so dangerous. So it was an uncomfortable place to be. Okay, let me put it that way. It was not a slum. It was a place of brokenness and deep evil, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm standing there. I'm the light of the world. How many of you are the light of the world? Come on. Raise your hand. Yeah, I'm sure if I tell you we're going to the homeless streets in Miami. How many of you want to come up? How many of you want to come with me? You'll be like, let's go, right? You need to make a difference in this world. There's a lot of people out there that are broken, not only in the most uh, needed places in Miami. There's also people broken in your workplace, in your office. There's people that are dealing with depression, suicidal thoughts. There's people that are dealing with oppression. There's people that are dealing with divorce and crisis around you. And you don't have the time. Hello. So evangelism is an investment of time. Number one. Time. Say with me, time. time. Jesus had time to deal with the blind man. Jesus had time to turn around and deal with the woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus healed that woman. And that woman was healed 
for life. Jesus had time to go and heal, you know, that, that, that little girl. Remember that story of that little girl that was dead? You know, remember that story in the Bible? Jesus was on his way somewhere. Jesus had time to talk to the soldier, to I mean to the uh, centurion. And, and Jesus had time to pray for people one-on-one. Jesus had time to speak with the tax collector. Jesus had time to step on the boat and talk to Peter. And Peter thought he was doing well. He had been fishing all night long. He hadn't caught anything. Yet Jesus had time to give him re revelation that changed his life. I believe Jesus has time for you today. I I believe Jesus is time to heal you and give you hope. Come on. I believe Jesus is time to meet with you. I believe Jesus is time to encounter you. Jesus has time. But we live in this society where everyone is doing something and we're all doing something and we are all so booked and busy and we're not. You know, we're, we have all these appointments and we, we don't even have any availability. Like, oh, I'm just running and running and running. You have time. Tell your neighbor, you have time to share your faith. Come on, tell your neighbor, you have time to pray for somebody. You have time to release what God has given you. Tell your neighbor, you have time to give out hope. You have time to share the gospel. You have time to be the light of the world. You have time to be a disciple of Jesus. Not a consumer, not a follower, but a disciple. You know, Peter, when he took 12 men, women, women actually, not just men, but women, 12 disciples and more to change the known world. They went to the world and preached the gospel. They did amazing things. God wants to use disciples in this hour. And I believe you and I are one of those disciples. Come on. So, I, so I'm, I'm preaching. So they, they gathered. They went, to, they went down the slope and they found some young men laying on the grass. And they were, you know, smoking weed and all of that. They brought him up to us. And these guys didn't look presentable. They didn't look good. They didn't look nice. They didn't look clean. They looked like the scum of the world. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that lightly. They looked unbelievably like they were so lost and broken. Do, do you understand? Do you hear me? Do you hear my heart? They looked like they were not church people. They looked like they were not even homeless. They looked like I have never seen anybody before. And they smell. And I'm like, Lord, like, you know, I have this hypersensitive nose. And I, I can smell like from miles. No, I'm kidding. But I have like, like, I, I don't know, just the smells. Like, uh, I can capture heavenly smells, but I can also capture the other smells. And it like, it, it just distracts me. Like, how many of you know, if you, if you have a hypersensitive nose and you're around somebody who hasn't been using their deodorant, you know, for a while, you know. Hello? Hello? Come on, be real. Right. Amen. So these guys are standing there, and I'm like, I want to block my nose. I want to be out of there. I want the Lord to take me. Yet Jesus was giving me an opportunity to share his love, to preach the gospel. So then the founder of the Go Movement, this guy has been to 130 nations. And he's standing there. He has preached in the largest venues around the world. And this guy is preaching to them. And he's sharing his testimony. And I'm like, I'm feeling inspired. And I'm ready to go. And I'm next. So he gives me an opportunity. I share the gospel with them. And I tell them how Jesus healed me of cancer. One of them was, you know, uh, walking in crutches. And these crutches were not even like real crutches. They were like wooden made crutches. Like they were you know, not even real crutches. Yet he was looking at me. And he needed a miracle. And I said, can I pray for your knee? And his knee was all, you know, uh, it was all like swollen. And I, I think he busted his knee or something happened. And I'm, I'm praying for him. And I can feel the heat. And I can feel the power of God. And I can feel the love of Jesus and the compassion. And I'm praying for him. I totally forgot about the smell, thank God. I totally forgot about how they look and what they, what they were doing, thank God. I was filled with the compassion of Jesus. Come on. And I'm like praying for them. And I'm, I'm laying 
handsome them. And I don't care at this point. And this was during COVID, by the way. So it was a double whammy. It's like, my faith is being tested. I'm praying for them. And, and, and the devil is like whispering really loud. Be careful. There is COVID around. And you're not supposed to be doing this. And you're supposed to keep your distance. Hello? Yet God gave me a message. And I defied fear. And I looked at fear in the face. And I said, I'm not just going to preach, you know, to 20, 30,000 people in a nice venue, in a nice church building. I'm also going to the slums. I'm also going to the one. I'm also going to those places that are broken. And I'm also going to take the gospel to anyone who is in need. Come on, somebody. Because that's the heart of Jesus. And I'm not boasting just so that you say wow that's awesome what a humility and what a wonderful heart you have no I'm not boasting at all I'm teaching you something here this this afternoon are you hearing me that Jesus wants to use you no matter where you are you need to step out in faith so I prayed for this young man he gets healed he lets go of his crutches he starts to walk all the ladies come out of their huts and they're like doing this, you know, their traditional song. They're all coming out dancing, and I'm like, you know, but in, in, in no time, in like five minutes, Jesus became a celebrity in that town. Come on, Jesus became a celebrity. It was amazing. They're all praising and worshiping Jesus. Miracles are happening. Because see, when you're willing, I'm going to give you three keys. Number one, invest your time. Number two, invest prayer. And number three, invest resources. The best thing you can do to share the gospel with your neighbor is getting them something that's going to speak to their heart, to their marriage, to their family. If you know that they're going through something, don't just tell them, you know, I, I, I don't like when Christians recommend psychologists instead of recommending the Bible. I mean, you can recommend psychologists and doctors and, and, and physicians and, and, and plans and, 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 and all of that. But if you don't talk about Jesus, you are missing your opportunity. So yesterday, I'm in this dinner with a friend of mine who was a businessman 15 years ago. I met him in a church, very prophetic guy. He blows the shofar. He's one of those shofar prophetic guys. It's like blowing the shofar on everything, anything that's alive and dead. I mean, he likes to blow the shofar. So he's a businessman, but he's a radical for Jesus. And, I, and, 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 and so later on, he becomes the mayor of Islamorada. How many of you have been there? It's a beautiful place. So now he's been, he's been reelected twice. So he's doing a great job. And he's facing the demonic legions and principalities of this little town because there's a lot of liberal, you know, families living in, in some of these areas of Florida. And they want to fight and fight and fight. And anyway, he's been there standing in faith and prayer. And yesterday I was having dinner with him and, and the owner of the restaurant approached me and um, this is what he said so don't be surprised when people of this world approach you and they feel convicted by what you carry hello this is what he said and I'm not kidding you I'm like I couldn't believe it he's like oh well I guess I better watch my language around this table because some holy men are sitting here that gave me the cue right there that he knew what he was talking about and he was ready to hear the gospel. So I got up, I shook his hand, I began to talk to him in a relational way. How are you? My name is so-and-so. And, and then he said, he started talking to me about the mayor and what he's doing and the amazing things he's doing and how impressed he is. And I love his faith and I love the fact that he's living his faith and he's not hiding it. And he's not just a, a sub, you know, he's like talking to me. And we are having this wonderful conversation and then he makes a remark that gave me an opportunity to share the gospel he says uh he this is what he said he said i am a, a more of a christian I, I i behave i like christians because i'm more of a christian than i am a catholic he was a catholic <laughs> he said I, I i grew up catholic but i'm not really a catholic 
I'm not a believing Catholic. I'm more of a Christian. I know some of you will have a debate later on, like uh, Christians and Catholics are the same. No, no. If they're not born again, they need to come to Jesus. Hello? Hello? And I'm not debating that with you. That's in the Bible. So if you're not happy, we'll go to the Bible. Check it out. So if you're not born again, you're not Christian, period. You must be born again. Whether you're a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist, you know, don't give me that old roads lead to heaven. I don't believe in that. Only one road leads to heaven, and that is Jesus. Come on. Only one road leads to heaven, and that is Jesus. Amen? You believe that? So anyway, I'm talking to him, and I'm sharing the gospel with him. And he's so touched by the message. He's so touched by my witness that he actually looked at me. He said, I'm going to think about the words you said to me today. I'm going to go home and think about him. Because nobody has ever talked to me like this before. He was touched by God. But a day before that, I was leading an Uber driver to the Lord. And a day before that, I was leading uh, somebody, uh, the waiter at the restaurant where we were having breakfast. I was leading him to the Lord. And the day before that, I was leading somebody else to the Lord. Evangelism. Now, I'm going to say this. How many of you brush your teeth every day? Come on. I expect you say yes and amen. And if you don't, well, don't, don't breathe on me, okay? Anyway, how many of you brush your teeth every day? Come on. How many of you have turned that into a habit? How many of you have your, I don't know, Cuban coffee, your Cuban shot, your cortadito or latte or cappuccino, mocha, whatever it is? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you have that every morning? Come on. How many of you have turned that into a habit? How many of you can't go without breakfast? Right? How many of you like to eat? How many of you like food? Come on. How many of you hate food? You don't. You like food. You, you love, some of you love food more than others. And some of you need like more prayer when it comes to fasting. Like, oh Lord, fasting, that's not for me. That's not a revelation from heaven. It's like I'm running when, when it comes to that. No. But evangelism must become a way of living. It must become a daily habit. It must become a lifestyle. If you tell me you don't know people that don't know Jesus, like all I know is believers. Like my world is full of believers and I don't know anybody that I can share the gospel with. Well, that, you are living in a, in, a, in a fake reality. You need to have people in your world that you can impact, that you can disciple, that you can make disciples. How many of you want to make disciples? Jesus said, I have called you to make disciples. And I'm going to pray for you and release this evangelistic anointing. I came here this Sunday to inspire you and challenge you that you may reach, talk, witness, pray for somebody. Even if it's once a week or once a month. One day you'll, you'll, you'll go to heaven and somebody's going to thank you. Somebody's going to shake your hand and say, I'm here because of your witness. I'm here because you spent time. I'm here because you dedicated time and you gave me your time. How many of you want to hear that when you get to heaven? I want you to pray right now and ask the Lord for his compassion. You may not be like that. You're like, well, my personality, I'm just so introverted. I'm shy. I, I don't like to talk to people. Yet Jesus is not introverted. What do you mean by that? Jesus is in you. So let the Jesus in you speak for you. Let the power of God speak for you. Don't give me you're too shy. Jesus is not shy at all. Let the power of God speak through you. The Bible says that all you need to do is open your mouth. Now, most of you have a testimony. Most of you have a story to share. Most of you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And you're like, well, what if I pray nothing happens? It will happen in Jesus' name. I went to this, and I'm going to wrap up this message. And I want to ask the worship team to come forward. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that an evangelistic anointing will come on you. And that you will leave the service. And you will not want to just, you know, go without evangelizing somebody. Because one thing I admire about the Jehovah Witnesses is their persistence. Their attitude. You know, we have some Jehovah Witnesses that 
like to sit there by our neighborhood and they like to just with their umbrellas and two ladies I have seen them a few times every time I walk past them or I'm driving my car and I'm looking out the window and I see them sitting there at the same spot wondering I'm wondering what in the world are they doing nobody's gonna walk you know like at noon in this heat nobody's gonna sit there and talk to them I mean, unless, I mean, you have the joggers, you have those athletic guys and women that walk around in the morning, early hours in the morning. But at noon, 1 p.m., nobody's there yet. They're sitting there with their umbrellas waiting for somebody to walk past them so they can tell them about what they believe. Some of them, they, they have a glimpse of the truth. They don't know the whole truth. Yet they are growing in many nations because they know how to persist they know how to persevere. They know how to tell people about Jesus and what they believe. Hello? And they have discipleship classes and they turn their believers into Jehovah Witnesses. So I want to see a new generation of believers that are going to be witnesses of the gospel. They're going to be gospel witnesses. Come on. They're going to be witnesses of miracles, witnesses of the power, witnesses of healing. And you're like, do you do this on a daily basis? I do it. I love it. I love it. It's become a habit. It's become an addiction. I want to lead people to Jesus every day. I want to pray for you right now. How many of you know people around your circle? Friends, maybe family members, people that are so lost and broken, and you want them to know your Savior. Come on, just raise your hand. If that's you, I want to pray for you right now. That you receive the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit to reach them. Many of you are like this blind man. You don't know. You don't know what's going on. Yet Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to touch you. And I want to invite the worship team so, so we can just uh, have a time of impartation. Wrap up this meeting. And we're coming back at 6 o'clock. What are we doing at 6 p.m.? We are praying for the sick. And we're going to have revival. Amen. We're going to have an awesome, awesome service. You don't want to miss the 6 p.m. service. You don't want to miss it out. This is going to be your opportunity to receive healing, prayer, and, and a prophetic word. So what are you doing now? You're probably going to turn around, go and, get, go and win some lost people for Jesus. Come on. While you're drinking your coffee, share your faith. And I'm not saying this for, for the sake of saying. I'm saying this because Jesus loves people out there and you're the carrier of his love come on I want you to pray right now and ask the Lord please God give me your heart of compassion give me that anointing that boldness give me that heart to reach the lost I don't just want to be a cool believer I don't want to be a relevant believer just I don't just want to come to church every Sunday morning and tick the box I want to be relevant for you. I want to be intimate with you. I want to know you. I, I want to have this deep connection. I, I just want to surrender my life. I want to surrender my everything. I love you, Jesus. Use me. Come on, I want you to please raise your hands. Say, Jesus, here I am. Take my everything. Take my life, my time. I love you. I give you everything. And I just want to pray for those who need that special impartation. We're going to sing Yeshua. Yeshua. We're going to sing that song one more time. Please, if any of you, why don't we all stand up right now and just pray in the Spirit. Let's pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, give us your heart. Give us your compassion. Give us your touch. Give us your love. We want to reach people. We want to reach people. Come on. We want to reach people in our, in our schools. We want to reach people in our workplace. We want to reach people out there in the world. We want to reach people in our, in our society. Come on. If you know somebody by name, I want you to pray right now for that person. I want you to pray for that person. I want you to pray for your family members. I want you to pray for, for that person. Come on. If you know it by, if you know them by name, I 
want you to pray for that family. I want you to pray for that family. I want you to pray for that ne- for that nephew, that niece, that that cousin, that that somebody who needs Jesus. I want you to pray and say, Lord, please touch them. Lord, please help me. Give me the uh, the, the, the 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 time. Give me those divine appointments where I can touch and make a difference and make an make an impact. Lord, give me those divine opportunities for me to share the gospel. Father, and I pray that your anointing will fall on them, all of them, that they will receive the power to witness. Come on. If you want Jesus to to give you an impartation, I want to pray for all of you, those who need an impartation. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your soul, if you need healing in 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 your mind, in your emotions, and you want an impartation from heaven, I want to pray quickly before we wrap this meeting, before we go on to the next meeting, I want to pray for you. So all of you who need a miracle, if you need a miracle, come forward and I'm going to pray for you. Those who need a touch from heaven, come on. All of you, all of you who need a touch from heaven. If you're like, I want to be evangelistic minded. I want to be evangelistic minded. I want to reach the lost. I just want to reach my family. I want to reach my my friends. I want to reach my peers. Come on. I, I want to pray right now for you. Come on. Just raise your hands and pray in the spirit. Let's let's sing that song one more time. Yeshua, whoa, Yeshua, Yeshua. Yeshua. Yeshua.